One day some of the kids from the neighborhood carried my mother's groceries all the way home. You know why? It was out of respect. This is Dirt and Sprague. Most important thing in business is honesty, integrity, hard work, family, never forgetting where we came from. So you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. A month from now, this Hollywood big shot's going to give you what you want. Too late, man. Start shooting in a week. I'm going to make him an offer again with you. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Me, I always tell it to you, even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again. The Fan. I'm a seller, pain. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey app and 99.5 HD2. How's your Tuesday going, huh? <laughs> Let me text in. At least we don't have to listen to Rod Gilmore this weekend. Just Romo prematurely, you know, wedding over a five yard out in the first quarter. Jim! Oh, Jim! <laughs> or get caught eating on the broadcast. <laughs> did you see that? He was eating on the I broadcast. I did, yeah. He was putting in gum or something. What the hell was going Why on? Why would you put gum in? At the end of that game. You might just act like you're Jim Nance. Just go. Do a play by play. And uh, the pass there is uh, completed for five yards here at the end of the ball game. That's going to be it. Cincinnati wins. <laughs> Please stop doing that. Yeah. People, people cannot stand the sound of people That's chewing. what I'm saying. Yeah, Why would you start eating something? You're on television. Tony, stop it. Tony. 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 Tony, you're hot. You're on. What are you doing? What stop the it. hell's going on here? Uh, the Blazers won last night, which we haven't played this in a while. It feels like it's been... We're going to play it. We're, we're still playing it. Went over the Spurs. This is all we have, man. Went over the Spurs. Gets it. The Timbers aren't playing yet. It's all we have here. They, come on! The Winterhawks are having a great year. They come are. on board. Yeah. Come on, baby. We beat the Spurs! They gave up 127 points. That was a good win! Huh? You don't feel it, huh? No, I don't feel it. Come on, get it. Swag, join it. I'm dead inside. I want to stay Oh, man. If you can't enjoy the small things in life, what's the point of life itself? The Spurs shot 52% from the floor and 48% from three. You, uh, they gave up 74 points in the first <laughs> half to one of the worst teams in the NBA. They have a guy who shoots free throws one-handed, and they scored 74 yeah. points in the first half. And Zach Collins was having his way with Nurk. <laughs> Zach Collins plays for that team. He had 11 points. They gave up 74 in the first half, 127. They had to score 128 points to beat the second-worst team in the NBA. The Bucks had to score 150 to, to beat the Pistons yeah. 130. You know what? When you won an NBA championship two years ago, you got a little more leeway. You're right. I'm going to let you get away with one when every now the, and then. When you have the best player in the league who's yeah. a freak. And you know you're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. You had a rough night. It's okay. You're still in second in the Eastern Conference. All right. Well, I can feel that energy coming through. Well, I mean, just a little effort on the defensive end against uh, a horrible team. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. I know. I'm I'm being nitpicky. Yeah, I mean, I'm being I, I, I'm being bummer branded this morning. I I think you're asked. Well, look, I I there's probably more people in your camp getting mad that I even played the song. I mean, I was livid that I had to watch the second half of that game. I was tired last night. I wanted to go to bed, and I'm like 74, 74. How are you not up by double digits at halftime? They didn't blow that thing out until the end of end the third quarter. Of the third quarter, yeah. I finally went to bed, and it was like they were up by 19. You know, 
a couple minutes into the fourth. There was a moment where it was one nineteen ninety nine. Shaden committed a foul, and I thought, can they blow this game? Because I want to turn it off. <laughs> I really want to turn this game <laughs> off. Hey, Shaden was great off the bench. You want to get me excited about something? Shaden Sharp, alley oop dunking, and knocking down corner threes. He was awesome. I, I, yeah, I had somebody propose one of the worst trades I've ever heard of in my life, and it included Josh Hart, Shaden Sharp, and draft picks and Nurk for Keldon Johnson and Jakob Pertle. And what? I, and it was he tagged me in a tweet with like other people and was like, What do you think? <laughs> no. And I didn't respond, but I wanted to be like, this is one of the worst trade ideas I've ever seen in my life. I'm glad you're not the GM. Jakob Jakob Pertle <laughs> and Keldon Johnson and we're mortgaging shade sharp in that deal. <laughs> to get a Pertle? No thank you. Yeah, I'd rather no. play Wordle. I mean, if you if you give up Sharp, you better be getting something in return. That is a household name, not Jakob Pertle. The funny thing is, I think he tagged Evan Turner, former Blazer player, in it, and Evan Turner said, "You gotta, you gotta get an elite player for Shade Sharp." Yeah, I mean, Kelton Johnson's a good player. I'd love to have Kelton Johnson, but I'm not giving up Shade Sharp for him. Hell no, you don't give up Shade Sharp for Kelton Johnson. I trade Josh Hart, maybe Nurk, and a couple of second round picks for Kelton Johnson. I'd do that deal. Well, we got one of our fir- that's this first big NBA trade of the season. My boy, a, my boy, Rui. Rui. Big fan of Rui. Been watching him closely for years. I still want to buy a Rui Hachimura jersey, so I'm going to have to wait for him to be a free agent. Uh, Why don't you get a Gonzaga jersey? They don't, I don't think Gonzaga makes like player, uh, like the last name on the back. You know how college does the stupid, here's the number with no name, but the name is on the real jersey? They sure. don't do that in college, I don't think. What about a DC uh, Johnson jersey? Uh, a what? It's got the Johnson on the front. Don't they have one of those jerseys? Johnson. Yeah. Oh, you're talking yeah. about the logo with the yeah, unit? Yeah, 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 the unit. Oh, yeah, I thought about doing that. Rock that bad boy. I'll see where he goes, because I don't think he's going to be with the Lakers next year. Mm. Uh, but the Wizards traded Rui Hachimura to the Lakers for Kendrick Nunn, and uh, what they gave up was a few second-round picks. 2023 second-round draft pick via the Bulls, a 2029 second-round draft pick from the Lakers, and a less uh, favorable of either the Wizards or Lakers second-round picks in 28. Rui Hachimura is 24 years old. He was the number nine pick in the 2019 draft. And uh, things didn't go particularly well in Washington. Nothing ever goes well in Washington. They're one of the worst run organizations in sports. Um, but he was kind of catching on as of late. He was starting to give you some pretty big outputs. And he's he's not the greatest three-point shooter. He's a corner three shooter if he shoots. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's, he's athletic four, a guy who can move around and... We'll see if that does anything for the Lakers. They are desperate to get something new in there. Kendrick Nunn wasn't giving them much of anything off the bench, and so what's a couple second-round draft picks and Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hachimura? <laughs> and Blazer fan immediately, immediately goes, why couldn't we get that trade? Well, we couldn't get it because I don't think we have any second-round picks to trade, and that's what they were looking for. And I, what, what, they had to give up three second-round picks to get this deal done? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a lot of second-round picks. The Lakers had a plethora of second-round picks, so they were able to get this deal done. Right, look, Hachimura would have been a fun addition. The Gonzaga ties are cool. I'm all for that. It's a it's a fringe trade. It's a, it's a you're you're working around the edges. Mm. It's not changing the structure and the landscape of your season. So it can't this can't make the Lakers a playoff team. I mean, maybe it make. I mean, aren't they already kind of near the play? I mean, they're a game out of being the ten seed, so they're close already. Can I, they get to like the six though? They're aiming to be a seed, and they're only a couple games out, right? Anthony Davis comes back healthy, maybe yeah. that's probably the determining factor for them. Russ has been good off the bench. LeBron's still playing at a high level. Hachimura is a good addition. Um, so I mean, maybe it ends up pushing them to the playoffs. I don't. It, the Lakers are not going to go on a postseason run because of Rui Hachimura. And the same thing exists for the Blazers. If you trade multiple draft picks, go get him. He's averaging. 
averaging 12 points per game. He's a good young player. Maybe he gets better. But he is another version of a guy who's a dime a dozen in the NBA that can get you 12 points and is incredibly inconsistent. Is there any... Is there any scenario in your reality with the NBA where if Davis stays healthy, I know, insert laugh track here, <laughs> LeBron breaks the record and Rui fits in well? No. There's no scenario there no, for you? No scenario Like they get me. the sixth seed, they're no. matched up. Who's the three seed right now? Is it Utah? Uh, Sacramento or not Utah, Kings Sacramento. are currently the three seed. So a healthy LeBron, a healthy Davis, a Rui Hachimura, Westbrook off the bench, and mm-hmm. they get Sacramento in round one. I mean, they could win that series. I wouldn't be shocked by that. It's Sacramento, after all. Okay. But are they beating Memphis or Denver in back-to-back series? Because the answer to that question is no. Well, Denver doesn't play defense. That's kind of the one benefit you'd have if you played the Nugs, but you got to deal with Jokic. The Lakers also played no defense. They're giving teams, up 120 yeah. points per game this year. Well, a lot of it's teams. It's one of the worst numbers in the entire them. NBA. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're missing no, their big guy. I don't think Rui Hachimura is the missing piece for a team three games below 500. How dare you? I, I How don't. dare you not think Rui Hachimura Did, Were Blazer fans piece. really bothered by this yesterday? I think Blazer fans saw the deal and said, Kendrick Nunn and some second-round picks is all it took because most circles in the league were saying it would cost a first. The Wizards weren't getting that. And so they no, said, okay, enough is enough. They shouldn't for a, No. I, I think you see a deal like that, and without knowing the second-round pick part of the story, your instincts are... Rui Hachimura is a good player. He's not amazing. He might not make or break much, but he's 24 years old. He is athletic. He can hit corner threes. Like, yeah, I think some Blazer fans saw that and went, really? We we couldn't dive into those sweepstakes? We can't even change the starting lineup, for God's sakes. Well, that's a whole different That's a whole different ballgame. They should, they should be willing to make tweaks. Why is Nas not starting? I don't know. I don't get it. I I don't get it. He's been lights out since he's he came good. back. He's, yeah. Dame has worked with him. He's gotten super aggressive. He was he put an Instagram post up about him last night, how aggressive he was and mm-hmm. how his shots are falling. He had a great block at one point in that game. Like He brings the athleticism and the length that you desperately need in the starting lineup, but instead we're choosing to continually start three guys under six foot six. Like Eventually it's going to work. Right. And we've been doing that now for the better part of two plus years because we did it with Norman Powell and CJ. We got rid of Norman Powell and CJ and now it's Anthony Simons and Josh Hart would love a little bit of length in the starting lineup. I Look, I'm not going to get my panties in a bunch over a trade that doesn't include a real difference maker. And I don't mean any disrespect to Hachimura. He's a good NBA player. But I don't. if, if you go get Hachimura and let's say you trade, I don't know, what would the equivalent be? Keldon Johnson, another young player, and two second-round picks for that deal. Is that changing the landscape of Portland's season? Are you going from being this dumpster oh, fire? That you, Johnson, we're trading him already. Well, I'm just saying. Like another, I'm just thinking a young player. If that was your deal to get Hachimura... Is that changing your landscape of what you've been over the last 30 games? To me, the answer to that is no. Would you trade Nas and Keon Johnson for Hachimura? I think Nas and Hachimura are a... Same thing? Same thing. Really? Six foot eight. If Nas was healthy, he'd probably average and got more minutes on a bad team. He'd probably average 12 points per game. Swag, you are a WCC lifer. Do you agree with that assessment? Rui Hachimura is the same player as Nas or Little. No, Nas is a three. Rui's a four. Rui is far more physical... Uh, he averages then, four rebounds a game. Well, I'm not saying he's can't produce more, but I'm saying if when you if you go stand those two next to each other, Rui's a big guy, and Nas is fairly slight. Fairly slight, I think so. Compared to the NBA world, mm. I don't think you realize how big Rui is. I, mean, I know he's not six eight, yeah, but he's he's put together. 
We're going to have a show fight over Rui Hachimura. I did not see that coming today. Swag's going to out here defend him, and Dirt's out here just poo-pooing him. I'm not poo-pooing him. He's a fine player. There's a million Rui Hachimuras in the NBA. Okay, I'll put a poll question on that. Are there a million Rui Hachimuras in the NBA? Guys, they can yes give you no. 13 points per game, four rebounds, are inconsistent. Those guys grow on trees. Yeah. You know who don't grow on trees? All-stars. How do we get one of those? I want one of those. Yeah. I don't want another guy that's inconsistent that's going to come in and score 28 points in one game. You'd be like, this is great. And then he no-shows for two weeks. I love me some Rui because he's the first Japanese player taken in the NBA's lottery. That's awesome. Um uh, but that is a total Neil trade is to go get Rui Hachimura. I'm like, he's 24. I mean, he's the ninth overall pick in 2019. Lottery pick. Jace, Jace, we feel like our development system here, he's going to flourish, and we're going to win 54 games with him at the four. That's what I feel like Neil would have said. Uh, an update on one player, and I'll tell you who it is next on The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. I'm sorry. I'm a parent. I know how bad this song is, and I understand this is your hellscape, but the non-parent on the show decided, this is funny and goofy, and I saw it in a playoff game once. It's a jam, dude. Who doesn't get down to Baby Shark? I can't wait for you to have a kid. I am going I'm to annoy sing along you. the entire time. I think this has been played out. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's this, an awful this, song. Yeah. You're just mad that Nazir Little averaged more rebounds than Rui Hachimura last year. Wow. Are we really going to argue about Rui Hachimura and Nazir Little? <laughs> I enjoyed this text. Somebody said, uh, classic Blazer fan argument, Nas in the lineup or a Rui trade will fix anything. We're rearranging deck chairs. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You are very right. You are right. Uh, I saw a couple quarterback notes, and I want to get to them before we talk to John Marks of Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia. First is the Jets' cost to get Aaron Rodgers. Two first-round draft picks. Owner of the Jets, Woody Johnson, more than willing to part with those draft picks to get Rodgers. This is entirely on Aaron Rodgers, and if he wants to play for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, it seems like there's some rumblings there. A divorce could happen. Now, they got to go the Atlanta Falcons route. I mean, he's got like $40 million in dead cap money, but I think NFL teams have shown us the last couple of years that they're totally willing to move on from guys. Like, you had Philly do it with Carson Wentz last season. They had that big cap hit. You had Matt Ryan, obviously, in Atlanta. Huge cap hit that they traded, and they didn't mind just eating that money for a year. And so Green Bay is going to have to do that. But at some point, they're just they're in a weird spot. It was where they were at at the end of Favre and Rodgers, and this was part of the problem in drafting Jordan Love in the first round. Like, what was the plan? You gonna If Aaron Rodgers wants to stick around, you're just going to kick him to the curb at some point. So maybe it ends up happening this year. If I'm the Jets and I'm a Jets fan, I'm all in on that trade. Zach Wilson's not the dude. We know that Zach Wilson's not the dude. And they have a really good roster, but you're not going to be able to win at a high level without a elite quarterback. The other one is Baltimore. Baltimore season ends in Harbaugh and the front office have a press conference and they tell you, man, Lamar is our guy. We want Lamar Jackson to stay here and be our quarterback. Uh, Dove Kleinman, who covers the NFL, uh, says the Ravens offered him $113 million in guarantees before eventually raising it to $133 million. This is a source telling Ryan Clark. I said this months ago. I will say it again. The narrative that they offered him or that he was looking for $250, I, I always thought that was ridiculous. And I didn't really feel like that was properly sourced, but we just assumed it was accurate. And so some of us decided to hate Lamar Jackson for demanding 250. <laughs> I don't know if it was 250. It might have been 200. Could have been. Given the guaranteed money given to some of these dudes lately, wouldn't kind of blame him. 
113 and 133. 133 wouldn't even put him in the top six highest guaranteed contracts at his position in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a slap in the face, and it's why he didn't sign. There, you would imagine at some point there's a common ground here, I would hope at least. Yeah, here are the quarterbacks, Dirt, real quick. These are the quarterbacks' guaranteed money. Okay. And you tell me if he should get paid more than some of these guys. Okay. Matt Stafford, $130 million guaranteed. Uh, at this point, yeah, probably. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, no, no. you'd say no. No. Rodgers is at 150 with the extension he got. <sighs> Come on. That's a tough—I mean, Lamarck, is, he's had back-to-back years where he hasn't stayed healthy. And Aaron Rodgers had back-to-back years where he's not been great. Sure, but he's played. Yeah. Russell Wilson, 161. Yes. yes, he deserves more than Russell, more money than Russell Wilson. And this is the worst part. We talk about Deshaun Watson. That's obviously a bad deal. Yes, Kyler Murray got 189 guaranteed. Yeah, the, the Cardinals are stupid, and unfortunately, other teams are going to have to pay for that. The fact that Kyler Murray got a 230 million dollar contract, of which that much of it is totally guaranteed, is insane. I don't know what's going to happen here, but it feels like a franchise tag unless the Ravens finally just quit this. Yeah, I, again, it gets back to I don't know if he's asking for two hundred million or two hundred thirty million if he wants the fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson had. I, all these reports are put out there by the teams, by agents, by media. Like they're put out there to sway the public discourse and to you know put out the perception, oh, Lamar's being unreasonable, and then you know Lamar's side will put out a quote saying something else. So Baltimore doesn't want to offer me this. Those offers are incredibly low for what Lamar Jackson is worth and what he's accomplished at this point in his career. I also understand the Ravens' trepidation if he is going to ask if it's true. And again, we don't know if it's true. But if he's going to ask for $200 million fully guaranteed, I get the concern there. I do. I, I, I love Lamar Jackson. He is amazing. I think he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. I would love to have him as my franchise guy. He's also a guy that relies on his athletic ability, and he's been banged up back-to-back years. And he was not able to play for you in your playoff game. And guess what? If he played against Cincinnati, I think they win that game. And they're probably in the divisional round because Tyler Huntley damn near beat the Bengals on the road. So at some point, there, there has to be, I would hope, a common ground where Lamar says, hey, 165, 170, 180, whatever it's going to take in guaranteed money to get it done. But if he's going to continually ask for 100% guaranteed, if, again, that report is true, I, I understand the concern there for Baltimore. Paul, question is up. Are there a million Hachimoras in the <laughs> NBA right now? No. No, of course not. Is Oh, no. Wait. Oh. Yes, has officially taken it over. Uh, yes, all over the place was one of the options. The other is no. Real good player. I want to go look at how many guys average 13 points and four rebounds a game. Count uh, up how many of those guys are in the NBA. You should be able to find that pretty quickly uh, <laughs> on multiple websites with the stats. So there we go. Uh, what ultimately happens? Do I think they, they franchise tag him. You think we get a tag I here? I think we get a tag. And, and they're kicking the can down the road, uh, and he's kicking it. Just Eventually somebody, he'll hit the market, and somebody will give him the contract he wants because he's a commodity, and quarterbacks are a commodity. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I understand Harbaugh said the right stuff. I got a weird feeling about their relationship and the way that they've handled the negotiations so far. Are the Philadelphia Eagles flying under the radar on the national conversation and how they feel about their matchup against the red-hot San Francisco 49ers coming in with rookie Brock Purdy? We'll talk to John Marks of Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia for the Daily Ticker next. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this... Let's go over the ground rules. Tell 
Kraken Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born to the Beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. And excited to start talking about the conference championship games and head out to Philadelphia with our friend John Marks. At John Marks Media on Twitter, 94WIP in Philly. John, good morning to you. I'm sure Eagles fans are calm, cool, and collected uh, for this weekend. What's the vibe been like since that blowout went on Saturday night? Um, I mean, honestly, Eagles fans have been really positive, and even me, who I I didn't like, not that I didn't think the Eagles were going to win on Sunday, but I also know when I looked at the previous playoff games the previous weekend with with division games, Miami damn near beat Buffalo, and the Ravens mm-hmm. almost beat Cincinnati. So I looked at the Giants. I didn't think the Giants would win. You can see the the, the discrepancy in talent when you watch that game. But I, I didn't see them absolutely manhandling the Giants. And most Eagles fans did. Most Eagles fans were feeling really good about the team. And they're certainly feeling good after the game. So uh, everybody, I think, recognizes the, the 49ers were a tough test. But you also have a, a rookie quarterback on the road in Lincoln Financial Field. So I'm curious to see how he reacts and if this is the week that his bubble kind of bursts. Yeah, John, I, I thought it was interesting. It feels like we're doing a lot of Burrow. We're doing a lot of Mahomes and the Chiefs, five straight AFC title games. We're talking about Brock Purdy being on a hot streak and the Niners defense playing well it's not that people haven't mentioned the Eagles the Eagle we don't know the Eagles are hosting that game it kind of feels like though they're sneaking under the radar a little bit here and you know not as many people watching the Eagles blow out the Giants as they watched Dallas San Francisco or Buffalo and Cincinnati do you feel like this is kind of a nice spot for for Philly to come in and maybe not as many people feeling as high on the Eagles as as the city is yeah, I, I think it's an excellent read, and it seemed like nationally, even though the Eagles were clearly the best team in football over the course of the entire season until Jalen Hurts got hurt, injured, and and he um, and Gardner Minshew had to come and they lost those two games, but they really, it was like the national media more or less was just looking for the Eagles to lose so they could then jump on somebody else, right, or say like, oh, I told you the Eagles, they, they peaked too early, they're not going to do it, and the Eagles are very comfortable with that because they're, they're I mean, they hear it. And they're filing it away. They're not talking about it a lot publicly, but I think they like the fact that they're still being, they're still being undersold. And you're right. They are flying under the radar. Jalen Hurts, if you look at the box score, had like 154 passing yards. Uh, but if you watch the game, especially in the first half, he, he's clearly the difference. I mean, he mm-hmm. right now, he should be in the same conversation. Maybe not as Burrow or Mahomes, but, I mean, he's better than Josh Allen right now. Josh Allen's a phenomenal talent, and I'm a big fan Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback right now than Josh Allen. So I, I do a show with Brandon Graham, the Eagles defensive end, every Monday night. And he said it last week. He said it the week before. He said, let everybody keep sleeping on us because they are very comfortable kind of flying under the radar while no one's paying attention to them. Yeah, those teams are always looking for that kind of chip on the shoulder, whatever angle they can get. John Marks, our guest, 94 WIP in Philly. It kind of leads into my next question, John. You kind of answered it there, but I'm going to ask it nonetheless. I mean, he's got, you know, not being a first-round pick, I think they got, what, four-year rookie deal, so he's yeah. got one more year left on his deal I'm assuming everybody's sold what you know are we talking extension this offseason what just what's the narrative about him being the long-term guy because the financials are undoubtedly going to change around it yeah there's there's little doubt that the Eagles will lock him up in the offseason provided that he's not asking for a Lamar Jackson fully guaranteed contract or anything like that but if he 
uh, is along the lines of the recent guys that have signed the, the, the Russell Wilsons and the Kyler Murrays. I don't know if he waits until Joe Burrow kind of sets the market and then he gets around that. That would probably be the wise move to make. But I, and I can just tell you personally, and there were, were, were a lot of Eagles fans that felt like, hey, I like what I've seen from Jalen Hurts, but I don't know if he can be a good enough passer in the NFL, right? Like he was a second-round draft pick, and the book was he has all the intangibles you're looking for. He's a great athlete. He's smart. He's a great leader. But can he make the NFL throws? And this year he's shown that he can make the NFL throws, and all the other stuff matters too. I think that the, the biggest thing from him not playing in those two games is the Eagles couldn't run the football because without the threat of Hurts keeping the ball and running, mm-hmm. the, the, the running game's not the same. So he comes right back. The running game opens, opens wide open. So I think five years ago you would still have questions like, well, I don't know if you can win like this. You can win like this with Jalen Hurts. You don't have to be the typical drop-back quarterback that surveys the field. He does it all, and it's working for the Eagles right now. John, what's the matchup you're most concerned about and matchup you like that maybe won't get as much attention? Concerned about Kyle Shanahan and scheming and game planning and running the football and gaining an early lead and Brock Purdy kind of going off of the run as opposed to uh, setting up the run with the pass, vice versa. It's concerning because you, you know how good Kyle Shanahan is that is at that. He's one of the best play callers in the league. He's one of the best schemers in the league. And that can totally – that can totally screw your whole game where you think you're coming out, your confidence in your offense, and then your defense gets chewed up early. So that would be the one thing I'm worried about. But I have to look at the Eagles' offense, and I know the Niners' defense has been excellent. The Eagles and the, and the Niners have the top two defenses in the league. The NFL in 2023 isn't built to have shutdown defenses. So if this offense needs to go score for score, they can do it on the 49ers' defense. I don't care how good they've been. So I just look at the Eagles' offense. The defense is going to be good enough. I look at the Eagles' offense, and, and I say, they can score against anybody in the league, so you got to like that. Yeah, where are they at health-wise, John? I know you know you mentioned uh, Jalen Hurts, the shoulder injury late in the season that kind of derailed things. I think that led some to question what is Philly going to be in the playoffs because we just hadn't seen them lose much all season. It's like this seems like a vulnerable team now. He reminded everybody last week they're not. So where's he at? I know Lane Johnson felt like he was playing on one leg. Where's that? Just how are they doing health-wise going into this game? Lane Johnson has a torn groin. It's, an, it's called an abductor muscle, but it's actually a part of the groin. It's torn. So he needs off-season surgery. He can't make it any worse, but he's out there. Like you said, he's out there limping around. Yeah, he's, he's in some significant pain, but he didn't give up a pressure or a sack or anything like that. He hasn't given up a sack in two years, Lane Johnson, at right tackle. Um, so that is the one guy that is banged up. I feel like Hurts, by the time they play on Sunday, will be 90% or so. He didn't really look like he, um, he had any effects of the shoulder. Injury, and then Avante Maddox, who is their—I mean, he's really a starter. He's their nickel corner. He's—he—he uh, he, he had a toe injury, he had a foot injury, so he—he um, he was still in a boot as of last week. So he is kind of the one starter that isn't playing. The Eagles have every other starter from the beginning of the season playing right now. They're the healthiest team in the playoffs outside of Lane Johnson, who's playing through it, and Avante Maddox, who um, I don't know if he's going to go this week. I'd probably say no. Uh, but, hey, they're as healthy as, as, as they've ever been in the playoffs, and they're the healthiest team in the league right now. I was able to catch some of the show yesterday on, on the Odyssey app, and I, I found it funny that you know, Mr. Philadelphia and John Marks has taken calls and you have to tell callers to calm down. It's only Monday as they are ranting and raving about how they're going to kick the Niners ass. <laughs> I, I have to ask you, though, John, what what is your opinion? You mentioned the defense here. What is your opinion on Jonathan Gannon? He's getting a lot of headlines because Sirianni in the postgame 
basically called out the radio station and said, "There's been yeah. a, there's too much chatter here. This dude's great. He's going to be a head coach." What have you made of the Jonathan Gatter, uh, Gannon stuff with Sirianni and 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 maybe some of your cohorts over there at WIP? So the the prime suspect in what we're talking about is Angelo Cataldi, who is the longtime morning show host here at WIP, who is actually retiring once the Eagles season is over. He's been doing it for thirty some years. He's retiring from the radio. He's going to do a week after the Eagles season over is over, and then he retires. But he has been, I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, he was driving Jonathan Gannon to, tech, to the Texans so he could be the head coach there because he wants him out of here so bad. It's, it's interesting because I would say, and I don't know about percentages, because when, when you get callers that call in, I don't know if that's just the, you know, the vocal minority or they're, right. you know, they're just callers. But I would say that based on the Eagles' success this year, the fact that they've set NFL records for – like like amounts of sacks in consecutive games, and they had 15 more sacks this year than number two in sacks in the NFL. So the bottom line is they've had a historic season, and the defense has been very good. But for whatever reason, these <laughs> it's because of Buddy Ryan, it's because of our old uh, coordinator Jim Johnson. They want to see a blitz on every play, and the <laughs> fact that in the NFL in 2023 you don't blitz all the time. All, the, the new defensive coordinators they don't want anything thrown over their head, so they're letting everything happen in front of them. And what Jonathan Gannon has done, he has a defense that can get to the quarterback without blitzing, so he doesn't blitz a lot. But Eagles fans want to see the blitz, and they want to see blood and violence and everything else. So Gannon is not beloved, but you can't question his effectiveness at this point. I mean, they, the defense has been great. I think yeah. you guys just want Brian Dawkins. We're so used to seeing Brian Dawkins. That Philly yeah. fan just has a picture in their head of Brian Dawkins, and he's not out there anymore, and it bothers him. Yeah, we, we set up a trap where I had, the, I had the blitzing percentages of every team, and Eagles fans are like, oh, I want D'Amico Ryans. I want an aggressive defense like the 49ers and D'Amico Ryans. And it's like D'Amico Ryans' teams actually blitz less than the Eagles. They <laughs> blitz less. You just watch them on red zone, and you think they're this aggressive defense, and really they just have great athletes on defense, and that's why they're good. You don't need to blitz 40% of the time to get to the quarterback. That's great when you have the numbers to back it up. I mean, I'm, I've been eyeballing the line all week. It's a two-and-a-half, I think. I'm waiting to see if it gets up north of a, <clears throat> excuse me, north of a field goal. Just, how are you feeling? How does it play out? Philly at home. They've been tough to beat there all year. Yeah, I... I, I... When I when I watching the games over the weekend, the Bengals were the best team in the AFC, and now you have Pat Mahomes with a high ankle sprain, and I'll be shocked if he's effective if he even gets out there. And the Eagles were by far the two best teams that I watched last weekend, and the 49ers are good. I can envision a situation where the Niners just totally frustrate them. And and one other thing, the fact the Eagles beat up the Giants so bad, and it was such a mismatch, and there was really no test right from the beginning. You worry a little bit about them coming out perhaps a little bit overconfident, thinking like, hey, we're that good, and the Niners have something, something for them. I think it's a close game, but I think ultimately the home field advantage is the difference, and the Eagles win. I don't know if it's a field goal game, but yeah, it's a one-score game or so. There you go. Great stuff. John Marks at 94 WIP in Philly, one of our great friends at John Marks Media on Twitter. Go give him a follow. I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining week for you, man. We always appreciate the time, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Thanks as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. John Marks at WIP. And how about a round of applause to our new phone lines? Yeah. Uh-huh. No we had tube sound. No tube yeah. sound. No weird stuff. My headphone levels weren't all jacked up when we brought them on. How nice was that to get the phone yeah. on and it didn't just go, oh, we're, we're talking through this. We're making progress Look around here. Us. Look Odyssey at us. Portland, baby. I've always said our engineers are the best. I I've might always sign my it. contract today. I don't know. I've always I said that. That could be it. That's the final straw. That's the last holdout we had in our negotiations. <laughs> Get, phone Get lines. that tube sound out of here. <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm talking to the bottom of a tube.
YouTube. Uh, good stuff there from John Marks. Uh, let's let's have a couple of thoughts on this game. Elsewhere in the final hour, uh, Sprague's favorite quarterback finally is getting the help that he needs. We have a feud in the NBA that I want to talk about. Uh, some fun with audio for you that's not going to make sense, but we'll challenge Sprague to see if it does. And uh, the mail sack's coming up, so get your questions in 503-250-1080. But a little more on the NFC title game that is next. on. All right, coming up top of the hour, we're going to play a fun with audio game, and I'm going to give Brandon Sprague three different names to say. Okay. And I'm going to see how you pronounce them, and we'll see if you perform better than a news anchor in Washington, D.C. If this is what I think it is, this will be fun. Um, You know how bad I am with names. I know you're not. You're you're not so bad with names, especially in this sport. It's a challenge. So we'll get to that coming up at the top of the hour. I can't even say a word in one of my commercials. I had to practice it a hundred. Regenerative, regenerative, regenerative. Uh, Your quarterback also got a new OC, so I want to talk about that. And uh, there's a feud in the NBA. All that's still to come. Get your mail sack questions in 503-250-1080. John Marks is great. Philly is such a good sports town. Jalen Hurts better than Josh Allen. Caught me off guard a little bit, and I want to I want to talk about him for a moment. So he, when when you're a first round NFL draft pick, you get a five year rookie deal, four years guaranteed. The fifth year is a team option that they can pick up. So Daniel Jones is going through right now, right? You get to the end of that deal, it's like ah, what's on the other side? Usually, first round picks that succeed, a la a Joe Burrow, for example, he's going into he is currently in year three of that rookie contract. He's going to get his extension this offseason. Sounds like Herbert might get his. We'll see how that works out with the Chargers. Hertz has one more year left on his rookie deal. That's it. He only has a four year deal because he was not a first round pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I know he has played at such a high level. He was at times the MVP front runner this season. And this is kind of dumb to even narrate right now because he might end up winning the Super Bowl. Hell, maybe he plays like crap this weekend and he loses. But are we on firm ground that Jalen Hurts deserves a contract the same as some of the – we were just talking about Lamar Jackson a couple segments ago, Mm -hmm. saying can you get him to that Kyler Murray range? Are we there officially with Jalen Hurts? I don't – I don't know if it's going to take Kyler Murray money to get Jalen Hurts to sign. I think a big difference here is Hurts operates differently than Jackson, and also Jackson has a league MVP. Jackson has a legitimate case like, yo, you guys were you guys were trending into the dump with Flacco. Mm-hmm. I came in, saved our season, got us to the postseason, won a playoff game, won the league MVP, and every year we go into the year, because I'm playing that position and I'm so gifted – we're one of the favorites to win our division. Yeah. I, th- there's an argument to be made there of, hey, what should he make? And I get the injury stuff. Hertz is a little different here. Like last year, he throws for 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six picks, about a 66 completion percentage. That's not bad, but that's also not top 10. And so it's an interesting situation they find themselves in where if you told me, they sign him for 150 and 130 or 125 of it is guaranteed, I wouldn't be surprised. Because that's still manageable. It gives him a decent amount of money per year on a salary. And also, it would probably allow room. He's only, what was he, 24 years old. That would allow him a few more years where he can develop more in that offense, be more comfortable with Sirianni and what they're running, and then maybe the next contract is where he hits it real big. Like, we start talking about... Joe Burrow, Josh Allen money at that point. I, I kind of see what he's saying on Hurts. I know most people would probably take Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts, and I totally understand why. Mm-hmm. But there are elements of Josh Allen's game that are problematic. I think we need to be honest about that now. I, I love Josh Allen. I think he's fun. He's got an arm that I, I've largely not seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But what the style in which he plays is 
It's risky, and sometimes it's too home run lenient, right? He's kind of like um, a judge is a bad example, but he's a home run hitter in yeah. baseball. He's either he striking the out fences, yeah. or he's getting a bomb, and that's there's really no in between for him. He needs to find that middle ground. He's an amazing player, but Hertz is more conservative in that way. And oh, by the way. Different running style. I know he just got hurt from running the football, so you can look at me and say, well, Josh Allen hasn't sprayed. Stupid. I know, but it's still different. And I, I think they're going to be able to – they're going to have to use his legs this weekend, I think, if you want to beat San Francisco. Um, but I kind of understand it from a certain aspect. He's 24. You get him on a slightly cheaper deal this go-around, and, and you see what he can continue to develop into. But, you know, this credit to this dude, man. This dude's football career – for a lot of people listening, and maybe even us, I know in golf, I'm, I'm, I'm mentally, I restrain myself. <laughs> the mental aspect of sports is the toughest part of sports, and we don't discuss it enough. That dude had every right to mentally fold after being benched at halftime of a national championship game. Instead, he hung around, saved him the next year, went to Oklahoma and said, oh, you don't think I can do this? And then looked like a quarterback and has become a prominent starting quarterback in a conference title game. That is an amazing mental testament to Jalen Hurts. You're not wrong there. Uh, what he's been through, it, it's a fascinating career, it really is. I mean, I, I never thought he was much in college. And he transferred to Oklahoma and he had that good year. I still didn't buy in that it was going to work in the NFL. I remember talking about it with you, and yeah, I only I bought it because of Lincoln. I was like, well, sure. I see what you're saying, but it's Lincoln and we'll see. And he had a great run. I, the NFL thing? I was probably doing what you did. I didn't buy much of it. Yeah, I, I uh, look. I love John Marks. He's great. Philly is feeling it. They are they are in their plums right now. They're feeling great going into the NFC title game. Deep in the plums. I can't. The, the better than Josh Allen thing. I I can't go there. I know that Josh know. Allen just lost in the playoffs. Yep. I know that he had some turnover issues this year. If yes. you're starting a franchise and you're picking which guy you're going to take, it's Josh, it's Josh Allen, 100 percent of yes. the time. And J, I, that's no offense to Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts has been really good. You know what his cap hit this year is, Jalen Hurts? Oh, it's what a million. <laughs> <laughs> His cap hit for the Philadelphia Eagles is one point six million. Yeah, one point six million. Yeah, that jumps all the way up to four point seven next year. And here, the only question that I would have, and I think you've seen examples of this uh, throughout the NFL. This is kind of the existential crisis that NFL teams in modern days go through, and that is you've won with a quarterback on a rookie deal that allowed you to, for example, make an aggressive move to go get AJ Brown to give him an extension. Like that's huge for a young quarterback. They have, if not the best offensive line, the second best offensive no, line in the it's NFL. It's the best offensive line. The best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. Number one or number two defense, depending on what statistics, uh, stats you look at, mm -hmm. metrics you look at, either the best or the second best defense in the entire National Football League. Yeah. And he's got two great weapons to throw to. This is the question I have about Jalen Hurts, is that if you take slowly over the next five years some of those pieces away, is he the same quarterback? Well, and nobody's going to know the answer to that. But that's not fair to him, right? Like, I, Oh, I'm not saying it's fair to him, but that's the question if I'm in Philly that I'm asking. Yeah, but 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 if if I pay this guy $35 million a year, and that means I have to lose two stud defensive tackles as starting right guard and A.J. Brown, is he still an MVP candidate? I just think the premium of the position is going to require you're going to have to have a loss or two. I mean, that's just what it is now in the league, man. Like, uh, Gavin Dawson in Dallas had this tweet yesterday, and it went, it went kind of viral for him, and it basically was wasting your resources on middle-of-the-road position it's a stupid model, and the league is starting to kind of figure this out. Look no further than our conference championship weekend. What do we have? We have Burrow Mahomes on one side, mm -hmm. Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts on the other. If you can get by with that kind of level of talent, 
then you got to do what you can to continue to do that instead of overpaying for middle-of-the-road play, see Dak Prescott. And that's my question about Jalen Hurts, is are you going to overpay for middle-of-the-road play? You probably are going to to pay because a lot of teams are still doing this. But I think that the, the counter to that is, is Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill. Does he still have Travis Kelsey? Does mm-hmm. he still have Andy Reid? Does mm-hmm. he still have a good offensive line? Josh Allen. His contract's going to kick in. They still have Stephon Diggs. They still have Gabe Davis. Dawson Knox. Diggs, he might want out. Well, I doubt <laughs> it. But hurt right now. But you see what I'm saying yep. is Burrow's got all those, and there he's going to get paid. These all these prominent quarterbacks still have dudes. You can't win this with nobody. You become Brady in New England at the end. You're throwing a pick six, and your offense looks like trash. At the end of the day, you have to basically say, "Can we lose Brandon Graham to pay Jalen Hurts?" I use Brandon Graham as an example because sure. he's a pretty prominent member of what they do defensively. Yeah, one of the best defenders. But that's the decisions you have to make. And oh, by the way, for all those weapons we talk about, and they're good, how did Gardner Minshew look? They were the reason I think we all questioned Philadelphia kind of coming in. Mm-hmm. It's Hurts healthy, and man, they didn't look that good at the end of the season. Because Gardner Minshew's a fun story. He ain't even Jalen Hurts. No, he's not a starting quarterback. So there is levels to this, and Philadelphia is ultimately going to be able to, they're going to have to make a decision. Are we willing to lose... A Derek Barnett in order to pay this guy. Most teams are going to say yes to that. I just think they're going to be able to get him slightly cheaper than some of the other quarterbacks cashing in. He's 24. Pay him now. The number won't be as bad. And then you kick the can down the road a couple years. He could be even better. And and you know what? You're right on Allen versus Hurts. Everybody probably takes Allen. But if I'm telling you, like, the next five years, the Philadelphia story or the Buffalo story, there might be some people willing to gamble and take Hurts and say, I think what Philly's doing is kind of San Francisco-ish. It's something that they continue to build on, and they're not going anywhere next year or the year after that. And that I agree with. I think those are two different conversations, though. I think sure. Philly's just has, Philly has a loaded roster. But sometimes loaded. pressure can get to you, and Buffalo feels like next year yep. they're going to be very pressure-ridden given how their season ended this year. Tight sphincters next year in Buffalo. Very tight sphincters, yes. Well, I'd find that interesting. So John Mark says that uh, he thinks Jalen Hurts is better than than uh, than uh, Josh Allen. And so I, it, we put a poll question up. Where are you at on that one? And uh, he's going to be asking for that a contract extension. He's got one more year left on his deal. We'll see what happens this weekend. If they win the Super Bowl, it's kind of like a Brock Purdy thing we were joking about to open the show yesterday. Like, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, like, how do you move on from him? If Jalen Hurts wins the Super Bowl this year... I. Give him the. I mean, you have to. He's. He I, think you already, I think you are. I think you are. And maybe they're to. already there. Yeah, he's. Uh, he's not making a ton of money because he wasn't a first round pick. So they have capitalized greatly on that rookie contract. There's been zero teams willing to see a guy succeed and then go. Oh, no, we're not going to pay. We're going to do the rookie thing again. We have not seen that. Everybody talks about that. That's Seattle seen. came the closest, probably of anybody. They they thought sure. about it and wanted to. Sure. And they remain committed to Russell Wilson. And, and exactly. And nobody's done it yet. There'd be no reason to not extend Hurts and just keep this thing going because you're probably just going to set yourself back by bringing in a rookie to say, well, let's pay another $1.6 million to one guy. It's going to be fascinating, man. There, eventually a team will do it, I feel like. I don't think they you will. You don't think they not, will? Not when you reach these levels of success. Teams are... Like, do you think Seattle is a cautionary tale for people? Because they had that great run early in his career, largely built on the Legion of Boom and running the football. Mm-hmm. Then they had to sign Russell Wilson to a crazy contract, and that meant their defense was going to go. You know, they just they weren't the same team, and they had a lot of success. They won a lot of games. What did they never get back to though? They never got back to an NFC title game. 
Well, yeah, but it's it's hard. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's easy, it's, but yeah, but and, but no rookie. A rookie is not a guarantee for you to do that. In fact, we've seen the opposite true. play out. Very Goff gets the contract early on his third year. The Rams instantly regret it. They pivot to what a more veteran player in Matt yeah. Stafford. Whereas, like Denver, I'm looking at Denver today, and and maybe Sean Payton gets hired and turns that thing around. They guaranteed two hundred million dollars. To Russell Wilson, whatever they guaranteed him, like maybe you were better off restarting that thing fully with a rookie co- a quarterback and finally trying to find a dude. Yeah. Whereas, like, you just you always want to be relevant because you're Denver and you're like, well, we gotta stay in the playoff picture because we're Denver. You got all that Walmart money, man. You got somebody's got to spend it. We got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Uh, Mail sack coming up at eight fifteen. Get your questions in 503-250-1080. We got a beef in the NBA. We got some fun with audio to play, and an OC was hired. Loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on ten eighty. 